This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. This is your host today, Super Vegan Brian, and I am joined by Percy Smurferica. Hola. And David. Hi, guys. What's up? Theobald. That's third. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. there, there it is. I was expecting more, but... <laughs> oh, Mikey makes good jokes. Uh, yeah. Hey, um, speaking of, uh, I noticed that my super secret Mikey clone vat was empty. Uh, I wonder what happened to the plug that was... It might have dissolved. I mean, Mikey's are notoriously acidic. Yeah, fair enough. I'll have to start over. <laughs> yeah, they're um, definitely not the most stable. I mean, what number are we up to now, Erica? Oh, uh, like 538? I, you know... My, I think my favorite so far was 534, except he kept breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> I think my favorite so far was the the one where they he took care of Mikey's kids, and they didn't even know the difference. That was my favorite one so far. I think that was just Mikey. No, that I, wasn't I, I'm Mikey. Remember, Mikey was track. off. Yeah. Mikey was gone because then we had to trap him and then dissolve him before Mikey found him. I I often wonder if we actually dissolve the original Mikey and and we only have clones now. I am not sure. I mean, the clones don't have belly buttons, so it can't be that hard to figure out. Do you want to try to find Mikey's belly button? Because I, mean, I, I don't. I'd have to drive all the way over there. <laughs> it's so far away. I'd need some manscaping apparatus. Oh God! <laughs> you know way more about that about what you need than I do. <laughs> oh, I have seen Mikey's belly more often than I would want. <laughs> so um, we're um, so we're here to talk about um, some great topics. Um, Erica, you weren't here last week. I mean, I know we'll no. talk more about this at the end, but I I, I know the. I'm really sorry. The portal was programmed to send you to a bunch of pre-programmed destinations, and um, we I, I don't really know where you ended up. Oh, uh, I went and visited my mom. Oh, um, oh, on the on the farm. Uh, well, I mean that no, sounds nice. She's still in the castle. They rebuilt the castle. Um, the castle. Yeah, yeah. The flying monkeys are really, really good at. Uh, uh, like masonry, like you wouldn't think so. But oh, I didn't are. realize I didn't realize she was back in Oz. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I'm obviously missing something. Well, uh, um, my mom is the Wicked Witch of the West, man. Catch up. Oh, hey, you know what? That answers a lot of questions. Never mind. We're good. And you know, Wicked Wicked <laughs> got it wrong. Wicked got it wrong. Her real name is Trish. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, all right, fun. So, how was your trip to Oz? Um, it was all right. Visited mom. Uh, visited uh, the Munchkins. It's nice to feel tall. Um, ah. Oh, I had some serious allergy attacks because of the poppy fields. So now I'm kind of sleepy and sneezy. A little bit of both dwarves. I'm just I'm then, starting to have theories that Eric is really just a tall Munchkin. No, <laughs> no I'm not. She's, on, she's she's part of the brute squad from the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, there was that. But uh, all in all, it was it was a nice trip. Still uh, having uh, some allergy issues, though. So hopefully that'll go away. Poppy fields. Yeah, poppy fields. Uh, I um, I'm glad you had a good time. It's nice to hear that you're starting to have some pleasant experiences from the extra dimensional portal. I mean, it just happened to send you to visit your mom. I'm, I, you know, maybe it decided that it needed to give you a break after going to the Salem witch trials. Uh, maybe. Well, we'll talk about at the end of the episode, we'll talk more about, um, what you did in the portal. Um, but we're going to be talking about a really cool topic this morning. We're going to talk about badass female characters. Um, and we are going to dig into that topic, but first, but first we're going to play what's nerdy with you where each person talks about the nerdiest thing they did in the last two weeks. And then we vote using the patented Mike Myler widget system. And, um, this oh, crap, I have to go first. Don't I? And with this particular version of the game, David goes first. Of course. Sigh. Um, well, let's see what, ha- Oh, I mean, that was at strategic on, uh, two weeks ago, but, I actually took a break from that to record that episode of the podcast because I wasn't at the con that morning because fuck going to the morning slots. I'm sorry. I can't do it anymore. I am I am no longer at the age where I can survive on four hours of sleep at a convention. I am so looking forward to getting to a strategic con in the future. I, I The welcome I'm going to get is the motivation for oh, it because yeah. I know it, I it, got, it, it, it's I, so I, cool to go because everyone is like, oh, it's so cool that you're here every year. <laughs> I, I I fielded the question several times of Hey, is Brian coming? Nope. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't remember who it was, but I got asked two or three times. Mostly Pathfinder people. Yeah, I don't really know people outside of the Pathfinder community at Strategicon. Ah, well, you should hang out with me more. I'll introduce you around. Uh, and if I if I wandered away from Pathfinder, generally the only people that would bother me would be strange gamer cougars. What the hell are you talking about right now? David knows what this is. <laughs> oh, are you good. familiar with strange gamer cougars? Oh, I know exactly. I'm familiar with the term <laughs> cougars. It, please, please, Ryan, elaborate. It's so a, a woman who is a bit older will approach and be like super friendly and like desperate friendly and and then when and then start getting flirty and you're like i'm 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 gotta go (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, the, um, there's there's a large there. I don't want to say a large group, but there's five or ten of these uh, ladies that are apparently on the prowl for a, compa- a companionship of the gamer gamer guy variety. Yeah, it's like they it, it's like and I'm sure that there's a male counterpart, but they don't approach me um, <laughs> that go to the con to get some tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There's an opposite side to that when you're yeah. all like, oh, know. yeah. I'm sure there's quite a bit more of the male the, the male side of that than the female, but uh, I've only ever had experience with the female side. Yeah, so. if I if I stay in Pathfinder, I'm relatively safe. But if I go to any other gaming area, it's like every single time it's like, "Hey there, you're cute," <laughs> <laughs> and it's like very aggressive and very forward. Yeah, oh, that's funny. Well, probably because, and I'm generalizing here. There aren't a lot of nerdy guys that are as extroverted as you are, Brian. Oh, no, I don't approach them first. It's they just they show up I and immediately start talking I did to not me. blame you. I am not victim <laughs> blaming here. I'm saying in general, when you take a group of nerdy guys, you're going to have at least 20 percent of them that are the extroverted guys and 80 percent of them that will look at their shoes before they look a woman in the eye. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually think your, your numbers are a little, are a little conservative there. No, I've been around enough. There's, there's literally two out of 10 people, uh, 10 guys that are like, okay. And then the other ones are like staring at their dice and like that, that's what they're like. Well, they're just pretending you don't exist because they're nervous. It's the weirdest thing. But of that 20%, there's, I would say, at least a third of them that are of the older generation that see women and are like, hey, how's it going? Like, and you're like, what the fuck? I just want a game. What are you doing right now? So it goes both ways. Okay, fair enough. Again, I think your numbers are conservative, but, you know, teach his own. Uh, there, there is a particular crowd that people that keeps coming to strategic cons and it's a lot of the same people every time. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've gotten to the point of where I'm apparently old guard. I walk around the hallways and say hello to more people than I could ever actually remember. Oh, that's nice. And, and I mean, heck, we only, we only covered the straight community. Yeah. Oh, that, 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 that subset is growing larger every con. So. So what what other cool nerdy stuff did you do? Uh, I got to play an Adventures League game, a couple of Adventures League games. That was fun. And their community, the GMs and everything, is a lot of fun. Sadly, the people I don't want to like bash them terribly, but the people that actually run the events at Strategicon for the Adventures League are not are nowhere near as good as their at their job as the Pathfinder side. I stuff, agree. Stuff runs a lot smoothly, a lot more smoothly. The, the table organization is a lot better. And just the 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 friendly the new player friendliness and the new player experience with Pathfinder is a lot better than it is in Adventures League. Uh, apparently, with Adventures League, if you don't sign up in advance, good fucking luck getting a table, <laughs> which is the complete opposite of how the Pathfinder Society works at Strategic Cons. But I could go on about that for an entire an, an entire episode. So that was my nerdy thing, I guess, was I went to Strategic Con and had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, Erica, how about you? What was nerdy with you? I joined a cult. Again? Okay, I have to know. 
And uh, we already know about the lollipop guild. <laughs> Uh, I went to uh, CrossFit with some friends on Monday. Oh, you joined that cult. That's a fun cult. Yeah, it was. It's also a painful cult. But uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, And I will be going back next week now that I could walk again. I couldn't walk for like four days. It was insane. I didn't realize like how hard. Like, I gave it my all. I don't ever go in to, like, anything not giving it my all. Otherwise, I don't know why I'm there. Whether it's, like, nerdy stuff or or exercising or whatever it is. I, I don't, I'm not good at half-assing stuff. So, I did, like, 45 uh, bar squats. So, they put, like, the barbell over your shoulders with, like, weight on it. And then you squat with it. And I did, like, 45 of those. Uh and then I had, oh, Brian, you'll be so proud of me. So I hung from the bar. So my feet clearly don't touch the ground. So I hung from the bar and I did like, you like lift your knees up. And I did 30 of those and I did not fall off the bar. Wow. I was able to hold myself up the whole time. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, 30. Yeah. So... There was Who, a lot. Did someone help you get up on the bar? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I was going to say the bar didn't. It wasn't uh, very. Uh, wasn't very high off the ground. No, no, it was. What they did, and this is kind of the funny thing, is they took. Um, I think they're like the hundred pound weights that you put on the the barbells, right? Like the really big ones, and they stacked two of them so that I could climb up on the bar, and then they moved them so that I could do the workout. Oh, nice. Yeah, there was like a impromptu step ladder. <laughs> but I did a lot more stuff than that. But those are just like the things like I was super impressed that I was able to do. Um, but I think it was all the squats that is why I couldn't really walk. Um, because like I just think I like worked my legs out like more than I probably have ever worked my legs out in my entire life. Yeah. And at one point I was contemplating whether or not I should just sleep on the couch because my bedroom is upstairs and it was just so far away. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, that was my nerdy thing. I joined a cult. What about you, Brian? I did a plank for two minutes. That was the equivalent of my CrossFit this week. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I, was, I, I was like, "Wait, that's your nerdy thing? What the fuck?" No, I, I, I no, my, I, I, I mean, I, it's not as nerdy as going to CrossFit. I, I, I just had this goal to do a plank at work for two minutes, so I set a two minute timer and did a plank for two minutes, low plank. Um, mm. But CrossFit's a lot more impressive than my lame two minute plank. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, well, my nerdy thing. I have two mansions. Um, I watched all the Picards, including episode six. Nice. Oh, I did that too. I didn't count that one. Yeah, it was good. What did you think? Um, I I didn't think it was as predictable as you said. I didn't really see it coming. Yeah, it was I wasn't really, really looking either. Um, the six episode I thought was very cool and not as predictable. I mean, I see how it was predictable, but I really wasn't trying to figure anything out. And see, then, I don't ever try to figure stuff out. I just think that I've watched enough things that I see things and I go, well, that doesn't make any sense. And 
and then I go, well, that probably has something to do with the plot. Like, I, David, I, have you watched it yet? I have not. I don't have access God to that it, streaming David. service, so I'm not. I'll, I'll I'll pirate it and watch it eventually. I mean, I'll do it legitimately. <laughs> um, you will you will use a you will use a redistribution service. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I interrupted you. You watched Picard. And um, I got the Game Mastery Guide for Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and I've been just spending a lot of time going through that and learning some of the tools and stuff and using it for prep in my game. Okay. It's good. It's really cool. It has it, it finally has the rules for monster and NPC creation, which are different than the PC creation rules. It It's very different from 1st Edition. Um, they added things like chases and... Um, in, infiltration. They added the rules for making hazards and traps. Nice. Um, there's cursed items, intelligent items, um, and NPC gallery because it's basically all the stuff that they didn't fit into the core rulebook. Makes sense. Okay, okay. I think the core rulebook was very had a lot of extra pages, basically saying this is a brand new game. This is how you play it. And they didn't have room for the extra subsystems and rules. Well, I mean, they did. They just didn't want to make it a 900-page tome. Yeah. It's already a really big book. Oh, I thought they just wanted to make more money. Well, that too, but... Well, you know, eventually they'll combine them both together into one big-ass book and rebrand that and yeah. make more money. And yeah. then, they'll make, then they'll make the tiny paperback versions, and then they'll... Uh... I mean, even though second edition is going... The tiny paperback versions of the first edition books are still coming out. Yeah, I don't oh, think yeah. those will ever stop. I mean, uh, unlike Wizards of the Coast, I don't think Paizo is going to buy back all their first edition stuff from stores when they because they came out with the new edition. It's such a dumb thing to do. I agree. But I mean, with fourth to fifth, I understand. Like no, 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 no. This was from three five to fourth. Oh, they really did that. Yeah. They went. They went to the game stores and they they forced the game stores to sell to send back all their unsold three five stuff. Wow. Which is why those books went suddenly spiked in price on the aftermarket. Like you went to eBay and trying to buy a player's handbook went from like fifty bucks to like two hundred because they were impossible to find. So yeah, that's that's it. So Pathfinder and and um, Picard, the two piece. <laughs> Oh, I watched all the short treks, too. Oh, yeah? Um, and I like that the short treks are tying into Discovery and Picard now. And one of them tied into the original series. Hmm. Yeah, the um, they added... Um, have you watched any of the short treks? No. Nope. Oh, yeah, check them out, Erica. They, they're, the first few add extra things into Discovery, and a few of them actually, like... One of the characters meets a character that gets introduced in a later Discovery episode, and it doesn't make much sense if you haven't seen the short trek. You just mm. have to assume that they met before, but it actually like spells out how they met. Mm, okay. Um, there's also a whole um, there's a whole episode with Rain Wilson playing Harry Mudd and a whole adventure with him. Okay. Um, there's um, oh, what's his name? The guy who does the voice of Archer. Oh, um, um, John Benjamin. John Benjamin. He plays the guy that experimented with tribbles and made them breed rapidly. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris was telling me about this. He watched him. That's funny. Uh, there's also two animated ones. Um, there's an animated one about Michael and um, the story of the 
woman who created the stars, the story she told in the Discovery episode, the African story. Oh, yeah? Um, and then there's um, there's one about two girls that are from Mars. Their parents work on Mars, and they're off-planet on a private school when the attack happens. Okay. And it it's sort of like... Um, it's sort of like um, like a 9-11 type of thing. They're, they're, they did it like that, where it's like they're doing their lives and all of a sudden the news goes crazy and they find out that their parents are dead type of thing. And yeah, oh, gotcha. it's it's completely silent and it's just done to music. Hmm. You just see a montage of scenes with music playing. Reminds me of like uh, the uh, the Animatrix when it first came out. Yeah, that's what the short treks are like. They're they're live action and animated and I think they're getting ready to do lower decks too and they'll probably tie short treks into that cuz lower decks is going to come out this year sometime. That's okay. the that's the animated Star Trek show. Gotcha. It's going to be neat. about um a different ship on the lower decks while crap is going on. Interesting. So, should be fun. Yeah, it sounds neat. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I I really liked Discovery. I really liked Picard. And um, now that I'm done talking, um, we should vote. So David, oh right, I'm supposed to vote. Widgets. Uh, I'm going to give three widgets to Erica and one to you, Brian. Thank you, Erica. Brian, I want you to know that I reformatted stuff while you guys were talking. Okay. Um, I'm going to give. I'm going to give two to David. For fighting off cougars. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I I regret to inform you, I am not generally their their target uh, their target demographic. But uh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and two to Brian for watching Picard, and now we could talk about it in the bo- bonus episode. And um, I'm going to give. Just because I miss Strategicon so much, I'm going to give two to David Ooh. and um, two to Erica. Um, that makes Erica win. Yay! Yay! So, you know, jockey stuff can be nerdy, too. Always. Oh. I mean, Erica, I did you play sports in school? No. I don't know if I've ever asked you that. Mm-mm. You did I am, karate I what you when you were a kid, though, didn't you? You did karate when you were a kid, though, didn't you? Uh, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did. Actually, I did Kung Fu Sun Soup. Ooh, neat. Yeah. So um, I really, I enjoyed it. Um, I think it saved my ass in life more than it's not, actually, to be honest. And I tried to get Amelia into it. But, um, yeah, she's less of a participator than I am. So I think that's it. So today's topic and I think appropriately, Erica, you should introduce today's topic. I should? Yeah, yeah. Because, we you know, we're talking about badass women and you qualify. Oh, you're so sweet. Yes. So uh, today we are talking about badass women. Um, and these are the, the damsels that are not in distress. And we're talking about this not only in uh, the fantasy sci-fi realm, but uh, females and media in general influencing uh, females, uh, females in science, just, you know, the just the females in the world that we admire for the different things and 
how we feel their contributions have made the world a better place or stories better, however you want to look at that. That's what we are talking about today. And we're going to talk about history and contemporary times. Well, yeah, I thought I, ca- I covered that. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to make it clear. Oh, okay. You know, sometimes it helps if two voices at two different altitudes say it. Oh, 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 oh. damn. <laughs> oh, I think that was my best one yet. Well, I didn't know if you were talking about altitudes or pitch. So, <laughs> that that too. <laughs> Some, sometimes people can't hear my, my pitch. So you you got a pitch. What are you trying to pitch a show? I mean don't don't two drums and a cymbal fell off a cliff, David. Apparently I am the king of the terrible joke this morning. All right. <laughs> Yay. So um you know, David. Yeah. Uh, now that we're doing this whole round robin pick your question thing. Let me guess. I have to it's go first. Your turn. God pick your question. Damn it, Brian. <laughs> uh all right, fine. Uh Brian. You're asking Erica. Oh, Erica? <laughs> Who's your uh, yeah, favorite? Yeah, you can female? ask Brian. You're allowed to ask whoever oh. you want, David. No, keep you the order. Have the, you have the power. It is your turn. You do have your own agency, David, but ask Erica, please. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all Structure right. has to be maintained. Uh, I mean, he does sign the checks. Okay, uh, Erica. Uh, who's your fe- favorite female in science? Ooh, in science? Yes. Uh, gosh, um, I'm not going to pronounce her last name right, um, but uh, the uh, Greta. Oh, girl, the Thurnberg or whatever her last name is? Thorn- yeah, 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 her. Yeah. She All is right. my favorite female in science. And while she is not a scientist, she's a science activist is the way that I look at her. Um and she is currently one of my heroes. I feel like, first off, her parents are amazing for supporting her in this. Um, and she is amazing for, I mean, there is no give on this, on this young woman. No give whatsoever. She gives no fucks. She understands the problem. And she is going to push it as far as she possibly can. And I support her. And I think that it's amazing. So yeah, not bad. Uh, what about you, Brian? Um, what are you asking? Well, I I do. I I want to ask both of you. Who are your favorite females in science or science activists? However you want to look at it. Um, David, why don't you go first? Because I'm still formulating an answer to this question. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you, Brian. I really, really do. Uh. <laughs> uh Honestly, you need to I don't. Pause. You guys I, I, need to do some Google research. Are you not aware of any females in science right now? I don't have a good answer. Um, I think one of my favorite females in science, not currently, but uh, I love the story of the woman who wrote the uh, programming code for the uh, lunar module that that went to the moon. Okay. There's a, there's a great picture of her standing next to all the code books she wrote, and the bo- stack is taller than she is. Yeah, this is when you use punch cards, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back when they were programming the the computers for the for the the, the command module on the LEM, it's it's interesting to think about that. She, you know, the uh, she was the one that wrote all the computer code that 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 carried men to the moon. 
Uh, there are several others. I, uh, I my, my brain just blanks though, because a I'm tired and b I'll go. I'll go. Yes. I got mine. Aha. Same. Um, uh, Grace Hopper. Um, she was a coder um, for the Navy, and she um, coined the term "computer bug" because she found a bug inside the computer. <laughs> An actual like, like actual bug? bug? Yes, that's where that's the term funny. "bug" came from. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, one of, I mean, she's not, I mean, she's not, it's not the only reason. Um, she helped develop, she popularized the idea of machine dependent um, computer programming, which led to the COBOL language. So oh. she's an actual influential person in computer programming. And she coined the term computer bug because she found a bug in the computer. Well, there you go. It was a moth. Ah, uh, that's funny. That is interesting. And do you know who else I think is really cool? Whom? Madame Curie. Mm, yeah. I th- I mean, I know she's one of the most popular, like, women in science. Like, everybody's familiar. But can you imagine, like, what our world would be without x-rays? Like, I just think that's amazing. One of the reasons the question was harder for me to answer is because I'm not a real science person. Yeah, um, I don't I don't if, follow modern science too much myself. But if you want, I mean, influential women that influence science, I would think um, Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley? Uh, yeah, because she she came up with the the one of the coolest science fiction horror stories of all time, Frankenstein. Yes, I know. Yeah, the um. I'm amazed by her because um, when basically hanging out with her friends, they were telling ghost stories to each other. She tells the story of Frankenstein and they're all like, you need to write this. And she did. And they were young at the time. It's it's just it's such a neat thing that that's where Frankenstein came from. Like you think of it as this marvel of literature, but it was really friends hanging out and telling ghost stories to each other. Nice. That's, hmm. that's that's a great uh, a great uh, origin story for that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and it was um her and her he, they weren't married at the time, but it was her and um her <laughs> soon to be husband. Oh, I can't think of Shelley's first name. Um and Lord Byron and a couple of others, and they were they were in um the Swiss Switzerland, I think. I think they were in a in a villa there, and they were all telling. I mean, I'm not going to get the the facts wrong, but they were telling ghost stories. And Byron dared, basically, set out a bat and said, "Who can tell the scariest story?" And Shelley told that. You can watch oh, a wow. really good recounting of it on Drunk History. Drunk okay. History does a good recounting of it, where they make it more like what it was. It was people hanging out and telling stories to each other. Neat. Um. One of the latest episodes of Doctor Who did they went back and met Byron and Shelley and all them. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. I haven't watched Doctor Who in a while, so I like the new. I you know I'm gonna watch it forever, even if it starts to decline. But I, I mean, I really like what's going on. I think they're getting a little bit too confusing for newer viewers. Yeah. Um, but the last season was good for new people. Okay. Um. Uh, uh, my turn to ask a question. Um, yep. David. Yes. Oh, wait. Uh, what? I have one more scientist. I couldn't remember her last oh, name. Fine. I had to look it up. That I think we should be talking about right now. Okay. Uh, Jennifer, um, Doudna. Have you guys heard of her? I have not. She is the inventor of the technology of CRISPR. 
Have you guys heard about this? That's uh, DNA rewriting. Yeah. So uh, genome it, editing. It, yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly. Yeah. So she it, she created this technology where, like, you would fix a bug in a computer. You could also go in and fix genetic mutations. And it works the same way. Like, you go in and it switches out the genes and it pulls out the the you know, misaligned data and puts in the correct data and you're able, they're talking about being able to do this in utero, right? Mm-hmm. So where like, let's say you do a genetic panel on a baby and that baby has Down syndrome or that baby has spina bifida, something where you know that baby is going to be born and not live, right. you know, once, right? And being able in utero to fix this so as the baby's developing the baby's genetics will shift and fix these problems in utero so that babies are born healthier which i think is just amazing that's so. that's, that's awesome that's really really cool archie so, was anyway. whining the entire time you were talking and i didn't realize i wasn't muted so sorry about that oh no that's okay i don't know i think it's cool that if we can if that we would be able to fix these things and make our population healthier, I guess, you know. Um, you know, let's stay on this topic a little bit longer. Um, we can mention Sally Ride, the first oh, woman, well, the first yeah. American woman in space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was also the youngest at the time to ever leave the atmosphere. Um, was she? Yeah. Nice. Um, she also, um, she helped investigate the uh, Challenger disaster. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to a thing about the Challenger disaster. I guess, like, uh, it wasn't ready, and they knew it wasn't ready, but, like, political pressure made them move it, move up the launch date, and that's what ended up happening. I thought that was real shitty. Later in her life, she was involved. She died young. She died in 2012. Um, But later in her life, um, she founded a science program to help um, get kids into STEM. That's awesome. That's really awesome. That is. Um, I want to talk. I, if if we're staying on the subject of the real world, um, I would like to talk. And I'm going to ask both of you this question, and then I'm going to answer mm-hmm. it myself. Favorite woman in history. Oh, that's tough. Favorite a lot of. Woman. And I hope neither of you take my answer. <laughs> so, Erica. Um, off the top of my head because uh you're not giving me a lot of time to think about this one i am gonna say my favorite woman in history it would probably be harriet tubman to be honest because what she did was beyond amazing setting up the underground railroad and getting slaves out and just constantly like I mean, she kept going from, she didn't just get to the north and stay. Like, she kept going back to get people out. And for any slave, that would be an amazing feat. But for a woman to convince people at that time to not only help her, but organize it and get it moving in as smooth of a way that it was moving, thinking about the thousands of lives that she saved. Like, I I think that's probably one of the most impressive things that I think a woman could do at that time. So I'm going to say it's Harriet Tubman. David? 
That's a really good answer. <laughs> that's, that's a really, really good answer. And when you open it up to all of history, it becomes even harder to pin down just one. I mean, there are so many influential women that deserve to be talked about. And, and they don't have to be the most influential. It could just be someone you find the most interesting, too. Well, I mean, I I love reading. I mean, I'm a I'm a medieval reenactor, and I love reading about that history. And I mean, Queen Elizabeth was such an influential influential character in the modern makeup of both Britain and what became most of the world as the British Empire spanned the globe for a while. Gotcha. Uh, I, yeah, she's a she's a very very important uh, historical figure. This is the one that never got married, right? Correct. I know there's lots of Elizabeth, so I just Elizabeth, want to make sure. Elizabeth the first. Yeah, uh, okay. she ra- she Elizabeth. reigned during the 1500s, uh, the later part of the 1500s. Yeah. I mean, oh, I was muted. Uh, uh-huh. The Virgin Queen. What are yes. they called? Uh, Good Queen Bess. There were all sorts of names. I just knew that there was a queen that did not get married because she didn't want to give up her power. Yeah, that was a big part of it. The other part was she never, at least from my understanding, never found a suitor that tickled her fancy that way. She was Henry VIII's daughter. One of mm-hmm. them. Yeah, um, she locked her sister up, didn't she? Yeah, uh, the Queen of Scots, yeah. Yeah, Mary Queen of Scots, yeah. I don't know, that whole period is, is it's hard to keep track of who 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 did what to whom, because the War of the Roses had just happened, and people were in hiding, and other people mm-hmm. were trying to, it was a very tumultuous time in, in medieval England back then. No, medieval England seemed just tumultuous, you know, in general, because, I mean, they were constantly being raided by the Vikings for like the last 400 years before that as well. Yeah. So seemed like there was a lot of shit going down. Yeah. But when the nobles start murdering each other in power grabs, it, it it's hard for for any form of stability when you don't know how long the person in charge is going to be in charge for. That is true. That is true. So, yeah. Well, I have two. Okay. Okay. Um, Jane Austen. I okay. I don't know if you know, but I love period dramas and I love romantic comedies and I wow. love period romantic comedies and wow. Jane Austen is awesome. Um, gotta love Pride and Prejudice and Sense I support and your decisions, but uh, I do not like any of those. Did you know that Jane Austen was a teenager when she wrote those when she wrote Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility? That, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It actually. was like it was like fan fiction of her life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jane, I mean, Jane Austen, you, I think, influenced media more than most others. Yeah. Oh, no. Oprah might have something to say about that. I don't. Oh wow! You're saying Oprah is more influential than Jane Austen. That's Oprah's that's the Oche, Oprah's the richest woman on the planet. I know she is. She also owns uh, one of the largest media conglomerates on the planet. Yeah, Harpo. Yep. Do you know why her media conglomerate is called Harpo? Because it's her name backwards. Yep. <laughs> it's very clever. Um, my other favorite woman from history. I I find I read a biography on her and I saw a movie about her is. Um, Julia Child. Oh, yeah, she's good. Oh, she's so interesting. I mean, the fact that she was a spy during World War Two. I did not know that. Yeah, she did all sorts of cool stuff. If you look up people who were spies in World War Two, you'll find all sorts of people. Yeah. Um, 
it was because her husband was an ambassador. So the British, so the British government used her um, to help spy on the Germans. Because wow. her husband okay. was the American ambassador in France. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Well, I, I they weren't they they were all over the place, and then they went to France, and that's when she um, joined the Cordon Bleu and learned about French cooking. Oh, okay. And she decided to write the cookbook. Be, the the um she decided to write the cookbook because it was some French cooking was one of those things that. First off, it was sort of a men thing. And second off, it wasn't something a lot of people did at home. It was something that chefs owned yeah. and she made it accessible to the public. That's that's awesome. So, yeah. And, I, and her crazy way of talking, it, it, it interested the heck out of me because she's not from some nutball place with a weird accent. She's from Pasadena. <laughs> that is funny. I think one of the best represent, representations of her in recent years was the uh, epic rap battles of history. Did a uh, did a mashup of her of uh, uh, Julia Child versus Gordon Ramsay, and their, oh, represent, that would be great. their representations of them were quite good. Was that one of those ones where other people showed up? No, did it was Martin just Stewart show up. No, it was just the two of them, and they go back and forth several times. And it was, it's really good. <laughs> it's one of one of my favorite of the uh, the epic rap battles of history. But there there are a lot of really good ones of those. Uh, um, it is now that time, David, for you to ask oh, someone right. a question. Yes, yes. All right. Well, now that we've we've discussed uh, uh, real life, how about we slip into fantasy and and the the realms of science fiction and stuff? And Erica, who's your favorite uh, badass female in uh, in the the fantasy or science fiction realm? Buffy. Buffy. Um, it's a very good. I answer. think Buffy's pretty up there. Yeah. Um. I mean, hell, I can say Doctor Who now. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I don't know if that's the most influential. Um, I mean, I've got a bunch, but yeah, not the most influential. Buffy's a really good one. Yeah, she. I mean, I. I mean, come on. Like, I just like as a girl when the Buffy thing came out, and it's like there's, there's only one, and it's a girl to save the world. I was like, what? It was awesome. I think my exposure to um, women in sci-fi was was um, Ellen Ripley before Buffy. Ah, uh, you took it from me. I was going to say Ripley. Yeah. And then Princess Leia. Yeah, Princess Leia, Ripley. Leia was a little more damselly. Princess but... Leia as da- kind of damselly. A little bit, yeah. Although I do love the head, the uh, the there was a thing going around Facebook talking about how uh, the reason why she's so condescending of the way that she got rescued was because she was expecting, like, a commando squad, not, you know, <laughs> not Luke and Han and Farm Duke. Boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like was the, listening like, you came to... in that thing? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I was listening... No, no, I was just saying, I was listening to a thing about uh, the making of Alien and how Sigourney Weaver and the guy that plays the captain are always, like, snipping at each other. Oh, Tom Skerritt? That was not written in to the script like the 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 tonality that they're using um they told the guy playing the captain to basically be an asshole to her (laughs) all the time like offset onset like he was told to be an asshole to her so when they were filming the lines it came out in that like sarcastic you're a fucking idiot towards him because she had built up this like 
resentment to him. And then once the filming was over, they told her. And he's like, yeah, sorry, I was such a dick. And she was like, what? <laughs> nice. I, I think my favorite anecdote from the filming of Alien has to be the fact that the chestburster scene, they didn't tell didn't anyone tell what them. was going to happen. They told them something was going to happen, but not what. So yeah. those looks of surprise and those cries of, of oh, God, are, are that reaction is real. I heard a yeah. story that the take used in the movie was actually the second take. Oh, because really? in the first take, well, this is probably not true, but it's a fun anecdote to hear about. Because in the first take, somebody fainted. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, um, the I think the best story about chestbursters is behind the scenes in ER. And you can actually find this on the show ER. They were all going to do uh, a birth scene. And they changed out the baby with an alien monster. Ah, that's and funny. didn't tell anybody. <laughs> nice. I never found out what the origin of the prank was, but I'm sure George Clooney, I'm sure it was him. He's oh, notorious. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. Oh, Eric, my God, that's I'm, good. I'm surprised Buffy is the first one that came to mind for you. I, I would think Dana Scully would have come from you. All right, so it was a real hard one between the two. Because uh, Dana was always the voice of reason and science and I loved that she stood her ground no matter what. But she was but, always wrong. <laughs> huh? But she was always wrong. <laughs> she wasn't always wrong. But um, Buffy, it, it had to be Buffy because I just remember that feeling as a young girl and hearing that there's one girl to save the world. I'm talking about the movie. And while the movie wasn't my favorite, I just love the fact that she was like kicking ass, man. And then the, the TV series came out and it was even better. But um, I don't know. Like, I think that it's just as as a young girl, there weren't a lot of women heroes. It just really wasn't a thing. Or if there were women heroes, they were like scantily clad like the x-men or you know wonder woman or whatever in the comics it was more about like their sex appeal than their power and what i really enjoyed about buffy is the at least in the movie at the very end she's like wearing a dress but she's not wearing it to be pretty she like rips it off at like the bottom part of it at the very end so that she can move better to kill all the vampires <laughs> Like, it was just much more pragmatic in the way that it was and less sexualized for me. So it was it was like, like, fuck, yeah, only she can do this thing. You so. got me thinking about my childhood and who the most influential women in science fiction were for me and um, Catwoman. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Yeah, Catwoman's a good one. For me, another big one is uh, Zoe from Firefly. Yeah, that's true. She's, being a war hero. Oh yeah, she's she's badass, and she's the the. I mean, the episodes where she goes full beast mode are always impressive. Just yeah. the the amount of uh, how she goes from you know trying to keep it together to no no we're, we're we're doing this. Yeah, I also really like uh, Karen Murphy. Oh yeah, and that wasn't Murphy. so much for. Not, I mean, not really for my childhood, clearly, because I just read these things like years ago. But right. Karen is one of my 
favorite female characters in a book series. Oh yeah, she's because she she fucking holds her own. She doesn't move. She doesn't budge. It's gonna be this way, even up against Harry, who's her friend and is always and he understands like even though he has like that internal like almost misogynistic like I have to protect her and all the other females around me mm-hmm. like <laughs> like he understands that he can't do that with her. She will straight punch him in his face. Right. So (laughs) it's one of those, it's like, it's a, it's a nice balance of character to see or, or, or read a woman holding her fucking ground. And in such a way that everybody knows, like, we're just, we're not fucking with her. It's fine. She'll do her thing. Oh yeah. And Karen Murphy's one of the great literary badasses. That's you know she's a great character. She is. But I mean, then if you want to go that route, then I mean, Mara Jade is also a badass that is never really a damsel. She's always you know in control and able to handle things. And as that name is uh, familiar, what are you talking about? Oh, Mara Jade in the Star Wars expanded universe. Uh, yeah. Mara, okay. Mara Jade is a female force user known as the Emperor's Hand. Uh, she basically goes out on covert missions for the Emperor until he's killed, and then eventually, later on in the Expanding Universe, she and Luke Skywalker fall in love and get married and have a kid. Ah, okay. Yep. Brian, is everything okay? Yeah. So, remember how Momo used to sit on my lap when I did the podcast? Yeah. Well, Archie was trying to get attention, and Momo came in, because Archie was locked in the room so he was whining because he didn't like being locked in the room. So Heather opened the door and um, we had an altercation with cat and dog because Momo was trying to come in to sit on my lap during the podcast. And Archie was like, play with me <laughs> and she will cut him. <laughs> and she yeah. was starting shit. She was getting territorial and it was bad. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you missed it. We were talking about. Uh... What are you talking about? We talked about Karen Murphy. And then Zoe from Firefly. Zoe from Firefly. And uh, uh, Mara Jade. And Mara Jade, yeah. Or I should say, I explained who Mara Jade was. <laughs> well, I had heard the name before. I haven't read a lot of the Expanded Universe. Oh, yeah, so. no worries. And sadly, I don't think you're ever going to see her anywhere but the Expanded Universe because I don't think uh, the new Star Wars canon is going to go down that road. I mean, mm. it can't now with all the main cast, the old main cast being dead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, in the book series, she was a very, very influential character, and she was always independent and able to handle herself. And it was great because bad guys would always underestimate her. She would, she, she totally had the uh, the Black Widow thing. She would play. She would play act like she was harmless, and then she'd just start whooping ass from the background. <laughs> it was great. That's funny. That's kind of like, uh, gosh, Jen from Rogue One. Oh, Jen. yeah. Uh, Jen, Jen, or- Jen or so, yeah. Yeah. I liked her. Yeah, she was good. I liked, Rogue- Go ahead. I liked, I liked how she, she was determined to get something done and had no, like, backup powers. I did enjoy. I I enjoy when somebody gets their ass kicked oh, and yeah. they still get back up. Oh, yeah. I mean, before I, just... I had to suddenly leave, I was going to mention Catwoman. 
Yeah, because I think right. she's the most influential woman in comics and stuff. Because I my my introduction to Catwoman as a kid was Julie Newmar on the on Batman sixty six. Oh, nice. I think mine was Michelle Pfeiffer. And there were two women that played Catwoman on Batman sixty six, or was it three? I don't know. I first I saw Catwoman um, when I saw it was the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Batman Returns. First movie I ever got to go to the theater to watch. And I saw Michelle Pfeiffer and I saw like her stitched together leather Catwoman outfit. And she was just like deadly insane. And I just loved it. I was like, oh, my God. Like when she fell from the window, I was like, as a kid, I was like. We had or it was pushed Ju- or whatever it was. It was Julie Nomar, Lee Merriweather, and then Eartha Kitt. I n- remember Eartha Kitt. I, 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 it was. I think Eartha Kitt is who inspired Holly Berry to play Catwoman in the movie. I think so. And then Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, we went through a long period of time with no Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer is my favorite Catwoman. I don't know if it's because she was my first Catwoman. Or like, like I've gone back and I've watched the movie and she plays a like, like mentally fucked up person in such a great way. (laughs) It was really well done. Zoe Kravitz is going to play Catwoman in the new Robert Pattinson Batman. Ooh, interesting. I can see that. I think she could be good. Yeah, I don't know how. I'm. I mean, I'm sure the new Batman is going to be good, but I'm. I'm interested to see how it turns out with everything I've seen about uh, who they chose to play. And uh, oh, Robert Pattinson is a very good actor. Yeah, I've seen some of the 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 photos of him in his new bat suit and everything, and it looks it looks interesting. I'm sure I'll end up seeing it at some point. I think they revealed the suit a little bit too early because yeah. they hadn't completely finished it yet. Right. I do love the picture of, I think it's either him or a stunt double on the bat cycle, and you can clearly see the training wheel <laughs> holding it upright. Those pictures that float around with Facebook. One of my other female fantasy characters is actually uh, somebody, it's who I named uh, Rowan after, was from The Witching Hour. I don't know this. What's The Witching Hour? Is that uh, Anne Rice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's a uh, she's a scientist. She's a neurologist, actually, um, and she's like an award-winning um, like neurologist. And she was adopted, and then finds her family history, like when somebody dies and she inherits everything. But her name is Rowan Mayfair, and uh, it doesn't end well for her. But uh, I like how independent she is, and so. That's always made her one of my favorite book characters. I remember when I was in high school when the Mayfair witch books were very popular. And then as soon as the vampire books came out, people forgot about them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the Mayfair witch books were very popular when they came out. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. Oh, do you know who we haven't talked about? Whom? We haven't talked about uh, Lena, Warrior Princess. Because I know Brian and I fucking watch those. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's been a while. Apparently, they're bringing it back. They are? Uh, That's what I've heard. I don't know if it's accurate or not. There's a Buffy reboot's been on the books for a while, too. And that I'm 
that project looks like it might die. Yeah, I don't know how good that would be. I mean, the original Buffy was so good. I mean, how do you remake something that... There was a lot of fan backlash about a remake. They were like, you have to do, like... you. You can't do a reboot. You have to do a. You have to do like a soft sequel. Yeah, or the or the the, the Whedon versus Revolt. Because if the original actors are going to cameo, they have to play their characters. They can't play. You know, you can't have yeah. Buffy playing the lunch lady. Right. I think that would be pretty cool, though. <laughs> I think they really should have Buffy show up at the at the high school as. Uh, older playing the lunch lady that would be funny do it as a reveal like you don't realize it's her until she takes like the takes like the hairnet (laughs) off i don't know i mean sarah michelle geller still looks like sarah michelle geller um oh do you know who we also haven't talked about i know there's lots of them hmm. but we haven't talked about uh the little bear from game of thrones oh yeah um yeah that was a cool character that was an amazing fucking character. I, I mean, not just not just a strong woman, but a strong child. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Mormon. Mormon. Mormon, yes. Oh, she was amazing. Uh, Brienne of Tarth was also a really strong female character. Agreed. Agreed. But, but yeah, no, uh, Leanna Mormont was amazing. Oh, yeah. We're, she was just like, nah. Fuck you all. I'm not going <laughs> to sit in my house while people are murdered. The women will fight. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, get it. Uh, that was good. Uh, I forgot about it. I, I, it's, the, the problem is, is the category is so broad, and especially nowadays, that type of character is becoming more and more prevalent, which is a good thing. I do believe we need more strong female role models as in our in our pop culture and our uh, our our uh, uh, shit, what's the word? <sighs> I don't know. Yay, brain farts. Never mind. But yeah, we need more We need more female role models to be represented well in in TV and movies and stuff. And It's happening more and more. It's slowly but surely. True. True. What about you, Brian? Anything else? Um, For fantasy and sci-fi? Yeah. Because after that, it's Erica's turn to ask a question. I can just list off characters from Xena. <laughs> yeah. Calypso. Calypso was my favorite. She was awesome. Yeah. Um, especially when she became a goddess later. Yeah. And then, like, you can think about, like, lots of, like, like sci-fi. You know, you talk about, like, Herathrace and Trinity. And, you know, there's just so, so many very cool female characters. Oh, yeah. Um, any of the female characters on Farscape. Mm. I don't watch Farscape. Yeah, I didn't really watch much Farscape. Oh, I know, should, I, I did. I watched it. it. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, Aaron soon. Um, did you did you get into comic books at all, Erica? Did you talk about the X Men? Favorite female X Men? Because that's a good <laughs> question for you. Oh, my favorite female X Men is Storm. Really, I didn't it's know that. Been- my favorite's Kitty Pride. I like Kitty, but Storm Storm is has always been my favorite because I mean she she's like a goddess, right? Like she was worshipped as a goddess, even though she's technically not a goddess. But like just the the power that she has and how she doesn't utilize it in a selfish way, which is really cool. 
And she's very much a leader of the X-Men. She puts her selfish needs and her pride to the side to do what's right. And I've always admired that about her. So yeah, she's she's definitely my favorite X-Men. Why do you like Kitty? Um, well, Kitty always came across to me about how if I got powers, I would probably react the way she did. Like, she didn't quite understand her abilities. She had trouble with them. She had struggle learning how to use them. Um, it, it, it was more vulnerable. She wasn't just godlike all of a sudden. She had to work hard to get good at using her powers. She was also a... Um, she was also a computer scientist, which attracted me to like it, it just an interesting dynamic character that did all sorts of cool stuff that the fact that they shopped her around to every single male X-Men, though, got a little annoying. But, you know, you got to expect that with long running series. Yeah. Uh, well, I only remember Storm being with Wolverine at one point. Storm was I like I think she had. Let's see. Storm, X-Men, Romance. Let's see. where The Strange Loves of Storm. What do we got? Let's check this out. If it'll load. Click, 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 click. Come on. Strange Loves <laughs> of Storm. Um, there's an implied relationship with Yukio. Um, Forge. She was with Forge. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Um, Dracula. Interesting. Uh, Doctor Doom. I did not know that That one. was not a... That was not a mutual relationship. <laughs> oh. Um, Beast, uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, there we go. You, when, you, when you have long-running comics, it's like they have to kind of pair up everybody with everybody for just to keep those kind of stories going. Makes sense. Yeah. But uh, Storm and Quicksilver was an alternate reality. Storm and Wolverine a- was an alternate reality, too, I believe. Um, wasn't Storm the Queen of Wakanda? Yeah, at one point she married Black Panther, I believe. Neat. Yeah, that's a whole comic book world that I know absolutely nothing about. Yeah, that's why I asked Erica specifically. <laughs> what, the X-Men? Yeah, because um, I'm, I'm not a comic, comic book, book knowledge is much more limited. Yeah, like if yeah. it didn't happen in like Batman from a couple of years ago, I really don't know much about it. I mean, I could have asked about all comics, but I know you have... You have a love for the X-Men over, like, the Avengers. That is true. I do. I do You're that love the right generation where you got hit by crazy X-Men, hardcore 90s X-Men. I did. Where I there did. were, like, 19 X-Comics. Yes. Yeah, it was hard to keep up with for a while, especially when you didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> but, uh... Sounds yeah. intense. I mean, that's a lot of X. It was a lot of X. X everywhere. My, um, not related to the topic, but my least favorite relationship for Kitty Pride was Colossus. Yeah, their, that seems weird, doesn't age it? Age difference is a little woo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just a little. Well, they, he, she was still a teenager when they put them together in the comics. Oh, creepy. yeah. My favorite Storm, uh, though, was like in the 1980s. She had like a a mohawk and looked like a biker. That was my favorite. Like for a while there, she let she lost her powers and stuff. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. See, the comic universe is so robust and so 
so much there's so much to it and sadly one of the reasons why i never really got into it was i could never find a good place to just start <laughs> you that's the thing is you have to just start somewhere yeah you well, just that, have to pick that, it up and start wherever that is that's where my natural indecisiveness comes in because it's like uh uh, uh when, I, when i get spoiled for choice i tend to shut down what i like to do because i don't like to jump into stories either yeah. What I'll do is I'll go to the comic book store and say, hey, can you get me started on a story? Oh, that's, a good, that's a good idea. And I'll, I'll say preferably like a six issue run so I can just buy them now. Or is there a story in a trade I can buy? Yeah. Like you can buy the Infinity Gauntlet trade and just read that because that's actually what started me off in Marvel Comics was Infinity Gauntlet because oh, nice. it's one story. It has characters in it. And then that story made me go, huh all these characters are really interesting. I want to read more stories with those characters and started looking for those comics. Kind of, I, I mean, uh, when I originally started getting back into, uh, started getting into comics the first time, it was when the new 52 was starting. And it's like, oh, well, everything's been reset and everything's starting over. I was like, oh, great. I can begin at the beginning. <laughs> wow, this Superman guy sure is a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was new 52. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite jokes was from the Justice League uh, uh, run of the New Fifty Two, <laughs> when uh, Bruce Wayne, or when Batman meets Green Lantern, and and uh, he ends up pulling Green Lantern's ring off and looking at it, and like, wait, how'd you get that? No, you weren't concentrating. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that, and they, that they did so that in the cartoon too. Yeah, yeah, the cartoon was the, the the first couple episodes of the cartoon were almost exactly from the comic. Yeah, it's it, he grabs the ring and goes. How does this work? Is it through concentration? And he's yeah. like, how did you take that from me? <laughs> yeah, you weren't concentrating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or uh, one of my other favorites was uh, was uh, 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 talking about uh, who, he, who he was. He pulls off a cowl and goes, I'm Bruce Wayne. And Green Lantern looks at him and goes, who the hell is Bruce Wayne? Oh, that's great. Because he's not from that city. Yeah, exactly. He has no idea who Bruce Wayne is. <laughs> um, in the... In the Justice League Unlimited comics, there was a scene where the Flash and Lex Luthor trade bodies, and Lex Luthor goes to the mirror and goes, well, at least I get to finally find out who it is under the mask. He pulls the mask off, and he looks in the mirror, and he goes, I have no idea who this is. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea who this is. I I think my favorite representation of Lex Luthor is from the new uh, Harley Quinn uh, animated, animated series. Uh, he's uh, he's voiced by the guy who uh, played Gus Fring on Breaking Bad, and okay. the character he's just an evil CEO. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like that's... at one point they're joking around. He goes, "Hey, do you validate?" He goes, "No, we don't." Oh, that's so evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is time for our discussion. Oh, um, and okay. we're gonna have to wrap up quickly. Um, so, um, Erica. So you spent some time in Oz. Um, yeah. And I know you 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 spent a lot of your childhood there. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't an unfamiliar place. What are the top three things that have changed since you were a kid? Ooh. Well, uh, the Lemon Grove isn't there anymore, which is interesting. Um, the Munchkins what have their own Lemon with? Grove. Um, well, I think uh, some of the drought that's been happening there recently just kind of made it impossible. Um, it's nothing replaced. It's just like a bunch of dead trees, unfortunately. Oh, so, uh, I thought you were going to say like a strip mall. 
a Starbucks. <laughs> no, no, nothing That's like that. Uh, it's still simple in Oz, guys. Like they, 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 they're they're not up with the times. Um, the Lemon Grove is gone. Um, the China people have disappeared, which is interesting. Um, nobody knows where they went. Uh, so we don't know if they were wiped out or if they've gone into hiding. There's there was a lot of war going on there for a while. Um and gosh, I mean they they buffed the Emerald City, uh so the glasses work better now. Um is the, uh, yeah, that's about the color it. changing horse still there? Yes. Yeah, still there. The um the big the big question I have is which version of Oz is it? Is it from the books? from the Judy Garland movie or from that nightmare of a movie I saw when I was a kid, Return to Oz? Or is it the Michael Jackson one? Well, it's a little bit of uh, Judy Garland and a lot of bit of the books. I think those were probably um, the more true-to-life aspects of Oz. Um, Of course, in the movies, you make everything a little bit nicer, like... In the movies, the city's really emerald. It's not. It you know, it's it's white, and then you put on these emerald glasses, and then it looks emerald, um, which a lot of people don't know. Um, and, and there was actually quite a bit of uh, of war and strife among the people of Oz, unfortunately. But um, it seems to have calmed down. I think they're more worried about some of the climate issues that they're having. Um, industrialization hasn't really destroyed very much, but it's definitely having an effect. One thing I do need to know is, is it, was it more pleasant or easier to get there via our portal rather than going by broom like you usually do? Um, it is nicer in the portal. I have to say, cause you don't have a lot of inclement weather like you do on the broom. Well, I'm glad you had a pleasant experience with the portal. I'm hoping that the next one is pleasant as well. Well, um, we can only hope. Do we know where I'm going next? Um, because I do believe I said I don't want to be going anywhere anymore. It and I don't still know has, why you have strong It still has plans. several predetermined destinations. Um, I think he left it on random. Yeah, this one says something. It's a, it, it's a language I don't recognize, but then there's Arabic numbers. Um, one, six, one. Right. You so, know, once this is done, I am going to do something terrible to you, right? I, you know, I think that overall you will forgive me in the end because you will have more of a positive experience than a negative one. Yeah, I'm not so sure you're right about that. <laughs> um, so um, does anybody have anything? I know David, David is, um, David always promotes Strategicon. The next one isn't till... May. Uh, it's until not till May. I'm also promoting the uh, Renaissance Pleasure Fair, which opens in Southern California on April 4th is opening weekend. And you can find that by going to Google and typing in the original Renaissance Fair because that's the yes. easy. You can even type in Ren Fair, which I makes believe, it. I easier. believe it's Renfair.com, but yeah, I I'm not 100 percent sure what the actual answer is. But yes, uh, Renaissance the, the Renaissance Pleasure Fair will get you there. Uh, it's called the Renaissance Pleasure Fair because that's what it was called originally when uh, it started the when it started the craze back you know fifty years ago or fifty five years ago whatever it is now. Because it's all about 
the pleasure. Yep. Yay. And um, that's it for our episode. I know um, I um, I this topic was a good uh, an important one to me. I like I I've been wanting to do women in media for a while. And I like, Erica, how you changed it into just women in society and history and culture. Uh, it's a topic that I I felt that it was really great to have Erica here because when I originally wrote the outline, it was just like, women. Women we like from stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glad I could expand your horizon. Um, so this, oh, Archie Shushy. So <laughs> uh, this has been Super Vegan Brian, and I was joined by David. Bye, everybody. And Percy Smurf Erica. Hi. Theopold III. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us on Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay, stay awesome. Brian, cut him off. Bye.